Hey there, Soul Family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. I am so excited about the person that we are speaking with today. Her name is Sabrina Universal Lawton. And let me tell you the story. You know, for those of you who follow me, uh, I talk all the time about living life using synchronicity, intuition, and uncommon sense. And uh, the synchronicity and the power of this relationship that's only just developing in my life, you know, uh, has is something I want to highlight. So cut a long story short, uh, a mutual friend of ours connected us only uh, only several days ago, maybe about four or five days ago. And, uh, and all she said, her name is Christy Rutherford. If you don't follow her, you should. Um, and, uh, and she said, oh, she did a private message and said, you guys need to connect. You're both awesome basically (laughs) and so within 24 to 48 hours uh sabrina and i organized to catch up and we did so through zoom and the energy was just so um very you know synergistic we were very connected we have a very similar um outlook on life and we both know that we are here you know working on behalf of god working on behalf of the universe and and we know that we were put in each other's path for some profound purpose that's beyond what either of us can personally see right now. And so, you know, it's not just the message that I know that this this powerful lady is going to bring to you all today, but I love that it highlights um, synchronistic events that that God or the universe set up on our behalf and, and that sometimes it really is just about surrendering and allowing the flow of life to happen rather than going out trying to make life happen trying to make the right contacts just be open and allow the contacts to come to you so um, you know I've only had a brief discussion with Sabrina myself so I can I can tell you that just from that 30 minute conversation I'm also excited about hearing what she has to say and the powerful message uh, that I know that she's going to bring to each and every one of you. None of you are here by accident. We are all here right now in this moment, very much on purpose. And it really does give me such a, such honor, a real, a real honor to be able to introduce this lady. Let me just make sure you're there with us and everything's working. Sabrina Universal Borton, are you there with us? Yes, I am here, Holly. It's an honor to be here with you. Absolutely. And I absolutely feel the same. Thank you so much. I know you're on the other side of the world and in a very different time zone. And I appreciate you, um, you know, putting the time aside and making it a priority to be able to, you know, to be able to serve uh, everyone that's listening today. So I know there is so much. I mean, I saw the tip of an iceberg of your story and and I remember sitting there having full body goosebumps just hearing where you've come from. And something we like to do on this radio show is really make sure our listeners um, get a feel for who you are, not just what you've got to say, which is why I love, you know, if, if you would to please tell us a bit about yourself and, and your journey to this point. I don't want you to feel like you need to be in a hurry for that because, um, you know, I think that there's so much that everyone out there can connect with 
in your story. Um, I know you have a cr an incredible story behind the woman you are and the work that you do. And, and you know, I always say there's always a story behind the glory. <laughs> so give mm -hmm. us the background so that, so that you can, um, so we can understand what brought you to this point and why your information today will be so invaluable to our listeners and, and um, you know, why they should be here, not just to hear what you have to say, but to receive the message that goes a whole lot deeper than what their ears can hear. Absolutely. So thank you, Holly. A bit about myself. So my journey began in very, very humble beginnings. I did not uh, come into this life with a silver spoon in my mouth by any imagination. In fact, the cards were really stacked against me. And so all of this is going to lead into the work that I do today as a spiritual advisor of the organization Evolve to Love. And I had to do certainly that. I had to evolve to love. So we'll start with where it began. I was uh, born to a 17-year-old mother. And my father was in and out of jail. Mm -hmm. My mother was forced to marry a man who was not my father. And I had a brush with death at the hands of that man at just the age of six months old. Wow. And so you can imagine just coming into this earth and immediately really experiencing trauma, fear uh, for my, my young life. And so I was given to my grandmother. Otherwise, I would be taken by the state. I grew up in Southern California here in the United States. Mm -hmm. By the time I was five, I was molested. I was molested by family members. And so sexuality and touching, that became a part of my identity. I didn't have love poured into me at all. There was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of sadness. There was a lot of feeling of alone, uh, being alone. Mm -hmm. And I was this young child who was looking at life through the lenses of, what is this all about? What am I doing here? You know, there was a sadness, but there was also that deep questioning inside of my heart that happened very early on. Who is God? What, what am I doing here? Why so much trauma and pain? Where is the love? Yes. And so I spent many, many years looking for love in all the wrong faces and all the wrong places. Because I was sexualized at such an early age, I was under the impression that my value would come by way of attention from men, that it was my flesh that was the most important aspects of who I was. Mm -hmm. And that led me down a path of some deep self-destruction, you know, um, being adulterous and uh, really running and looking for others to take care of me and giving me the love that I really couldn't give myself because I hadn't been spoken into. Life wasn't spoken into me. Yes. And uh, there, was a, there was a lot of things that took place in my life from myself uh, having my son and getting pregnant at the age of 18 and being in abusive relationships. And that was really a tumultuous journey for me. And so I was crying out to God, you know, for some sense of understanding. How can I make a life, you know, for myself, having had these cards stacked against me? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a tough place to be. It was a really tough place to be. But I felt God the whole way. You know, even as I look back, 
not having had any formal education because again, I was simply running and in survival mode. But the universe somehow landed me in corporate America. And I ended up in leadership for 16 years, managing people with all kinds of different degrees and backgrounds and, and personalities, etc. Yeah. And so there was this force, this unseen force really helping me to navigate life. And because I didn't have the tools that the world would present, I really had to go within myself to get those tools. And so that's the beginning. That's the humble beginning of my story. And so if I can make it and I can live a beautiful life where I help others to heal from trauma and pain and really have a deep sense of who God is, anyone can. And so along the journey, that's what I've come to know. I've come to know that we go through our mess so that we can make our mess our message. Wow, I love that. Yes, absolutely. And so growing up, what was... What was your idea of God? You know, you said you could feel God all the way. And, you know, so many of us, um, our, our understanding of God isn't really something we find ourselves. It's normally something that's taught to us that we get programmed with. And perhaps later on in life, we find our own God, if you like. Sometimes we don't. You know, we're, we're stuck in what we were taught God was. So for you, what was that? What was your idea of God as a child or what were you taught about God? Because I could just imagine, like I'm sitting here, you know, getting shivers all over hearing your story. Um, and I'm thinking, how does a child who was put through that even believe there is a God? Wonderful question. You know, I was sent to move with my grandmother, so I had to stay with her, and she was a Jehovah's Witness, so that was the faith that she practiced. Right. And what I knew of her is that she was really loving, and she was really nurturing. Mm -hmm. And so she began to talk to me about God, that God was a God of love. And there was a lot of, you know, rules in there, you know, they had their own sort of belief system where they would go from door to door and preach the word of God. You know, one of the gifts I received from that religion was that they, the Jehovah's Witness religion didn't believe in hell. So that was kind of a a neat thing for me, yes, to not have to contend with that. Yes. And, but you know, so she was loving toward me. And I think we often will gravitate to the love, especially when we're children and we're impressionable. We will gravitate to the persons who love us. And so... For me, that was my grandmother who who really gave me a safe place. Now, of course, I was also dealing with the programming that had taken place. And we'll talk a little bit about that as as we go along. But I was still fighting against the fact that I still have this longing for my own mother and my own father. I still have this belief that I wasn't valuable because those weren't the messages that I received. So I would just go along. And you know, that Jehovah's Witness religion, it seemed like while, you know, it was great that my grandmother was loved, it wasn't the best fit. And so I remember they would have a woman come and study with me. And what I felt like when they were studying was that they were really just giving me their doctrine. If you do X, Y, and Z, you'll make it into heaven. And so something about it didn't quite resonate with me. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I so relate. And if I can just pause you for a second, because this is the part where, you know, I urge everyone to, to at least be open. It can be so confronting if you've never done it before, but I was raised in the Catholic religion and there were so many things that I felt were so hypocritical about that religion. You know, uh, the whole idea about having to, you know, you couldn't go to church on Sunday. You weren't allowed to take the bread or the wine unless you'd been to confession and confession wasn't going to God. It was going to this priest who acted acted as God, if you like, and you had to tell all your problems to. And what happened was for me, and I know so many religions, I've coached so many people that have had, you know, um, uh, what can you say, been scarred through, you know, through, through some of these processes where they were literally taught, you're almost taught every week that I need to think of what, what have I done wrong this week? What makes me bad? What, what can I take to confession? You know, I've got to go to confession. So I have to have something I've done wrong. There has to be some place that, that I need God to forgive me, those kind of things. And so, you know, it's like almost puts your focus on, on, on what wouldn't be loved about you to God, if that makes sense. And so many people have these kind of experiences. So when you say, you know, um, it, you know, certain things didn't resonate with me about that particular religion. Um, was this an aha moment for you? Was it all of a sudden a moment where you went, wow, okay, I don't believe this anymore. Or was it a process that occurred over time where you started to open up to the things that didn't resonate and create space in yourself for, I guess, you know, the real God, your God to be able to enter you. Like how, how did that all happen for you? Cause I know there'll be people out there going, wow, I've been questioning what I believe also I've been questioning, you know, this and, and you know, it's like their, their, their foundations are just being shaken at the moment. The, the, the building hasn't come down yet, but the foundations are being shaken and that can be a scary process. Cause we are, we can identify so much with our beliefs, particularly of God. Um, and uh, you know, it's really scary to be able to let go of that identity. So explain that to us. Absolutely. Well, you know what I've noticed, and even in hearing you and a lot of the work that I do, I have uh, clients from varying religions, from Mormonism to Catholicism, Christianity, Hinduism, etc. And one yes. of the threads in terms of the doctrine is that there's a baseline of fear. Correct. And I know that God, yes, God is not a God of fear, but a God of love. And so one of the reasons I didn't jump into the Jehovah's Witness religion is because I had seen what it had done to my mother, my, my mother who had been forced to marry so that they could sort of look good, right? And look like that family that was wholesome, et cetera. And so then I decided, well, let me, let me dibble and dabble here into the, the Christian faith, uh, for example. And of course, again, I was one who was really taught to be stuck in my flesh. That was the programming that I received from the world being very sexualized. And when a woman's sexualized, she's either going to go and be promiscuous or she's going to maybe, you know, not like sex altogether. These are scientifically proven things that could happen as a byproduct. And so I really wanted to come out of this sense of the flesh and yes. so I decided to go to the, the, the Baptist Christian religion to give that a try. Mm -hmm. And I remember confiding in a pastor there only to find myself in the same bondage with that particular pastor that I then had to break up and just imagine how, how devastating that was. But here's the beauty of that experience. In that experience, I heard God speak to me and say, 
if I can forgive him, if this man can lead this many people in this church and do what he's doing, how much more can I forgive you, who was a young girl, unsuspecting, who was only doing the best she could with what she had? Yes. So then I decided, well, let me do some digging myself and try to decide and determine who or what God is. And in the conversation that, that you're having right now, it takes me to Matthew 15, 9, where it says, Jesus said, in vain do they worship me, teaching doctrines or, or commandments of men, honoring me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Wow. I, I felt God just then. Listen, if you're a listener out there and a shiver just went through you hearing those words, that's God. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it, Holly. And it is so true. And so when we investigate for ourselves, and that is the work that I went about doing, what I found that in a lot of these scrolls and scriptures, you actually find truth. But it's up to us to, to, to use our will to do that. You know, even Jesus, if we look at religion of itself, you know, a lot of us have walked away from religion, but we threw the baby out with the bathwater. If we looked at what put Jesus on the cross, it was actually religion that put him on the cross because he healed on the Sabbath, because he said things such as, you know, I am, you see, he yeah. stood in his divinity and religion didn't like that very much. Right. Yes. Wow. I love this. You see, so when we start to dig more deeply, we will actually find truth for ourselves. And oftentimes what has happened is that, you know, if we look at the church or all of these religions, let's say they're a big classroom. And oftentimes the, uh, the people that go there, right, they will uh, be going to school, so to speak, if we look at it as a, a classroom. And these, these people were students here. We're looking to learn. And what we're doing is we're looking to the priest or the pastor or whoever's in authority to teach us. But what we're doing is we are trusting that they actually are giving us the truth in terms of the pathway to God. That's right. But if you really, absolutely. But if you really think about how a classroom works, the teacher, the great teacher, the universe even, the great teacher will give us signs. So if we take ourselves back to being in an elementary class, mm -hmm. you see the letters across the, the, the wall plastered A through Z. You'll see numbers, et cetera. But what you won't see is the answer to the question. Yes. So really what, what God and the universe is asking us to do is seek and go within ourselves to find the answers to the questions that are already within each and every one of us. This is so powerful. <laughs> I know there are people being touched. I'm just getting shiver after shiver. And, you know, um, it is. I, I love the language that you use to explain it. Um, so what was it for you? For you, was it, so it was obviously a bit of a, an ongoing process where you – how did you learn – who God is as, as the way you see, as, as your understanding today. What was that Beautiful. journey? Beautiful. So here was my defining moment. Uh -huh. I sought religion. I saw religion at its very core, that there were still imperfect men there. Yes. And I was not healed through that. And so I ended up in a car accident. You know, the universe will whisper to us oftentimes. And if we don't hear the whisper, we'll get the scream. Absolutely. Yes. So my, my car accident that happened, oh, in about 2000, 
13 was the scream. I was going along living in my flesh and I kept uh, really dealing with the consequences of my own behavior, of my own creations. And this car accident caused me to be still. I had to leave my corporate job. I couldn't travel anymore because I would begin to get a lisp after talking. My muscles would tighten up. So I was forced to be still and know. There's a, there's a scripture in the book that says, be still and know that I am God. And it was my moment of being forced to be still. And in that stillness, I was forced to look at what I was creating. And I screamed to the universe. I said, everything the world taught me to be, I give it to you. Everything I think my value is as a woman, I give it to you. And I was really mad in this prayer because I felt myself being very, very empty. It was upsetting. It was uncomfortable. I was extremely empty. And I said, you're going to have to show me who I am because I'm empty now. Yeah. And a still small voice within me said, evolve. And I thought, what does evolve have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a word that I'd used once or twice in my life. It was a word that I understood but never really dove into. Yes. And the voice continued and said and answered my question, look, you have to understand self-love and you have to practice self-love. If you're going to evolve, if the world is going to evolve, it must love. And then it proceeded to say, look, the word love is an evolve. I opened my eyes. There was a purple Sharpie and a whiteboard before me. I wrote the word evolve and the first four letters were love. love. The power of words. There's so much power written in words and the vibration that comes through our being is within these words. That is the key to our involvement, love, period. And so then that was my defining moment. What I was being instructed to do was to turn every leaf to understand what love is so that I would evolve. And what was and your answer to that question? What is love? Oh my, love covers all transgressions. Love is the thread that binds us. Love is where we connect as one. Love is in fact the universal law. And if we look at what religion is trying to do, you know, the intentions may be good, but then we get into the laws and, and all of these things and we sort of lose sight of the intention. But whether it be science, religion, or otherwise, love is the common thread that would bind us all. Right. And that is what I know love to be. So for someone who's out there now, who's sitting in a place, you know, and, and, you know, as we know, nothing happens by accident. So there's a very good chance that the people who are listening right now are the people who are in a place where they need to find God. They need to find what God really is, not what they were taught it is or he is or whatever. And so, you know, as much as sometimes you know that you need to, um, you know, sometimes you're even questioning even if, is there even a God? You know, if there is a God, how could God do this to me? Whatever it is that's going on in my life. And as much as you know that sometimes what you've been taught probably isn't true and, and, and you can find evidence to support that, you're so anchored to it because of how deeply ingrained those belief systems are. How does someone who's sitting there right now, probably, you know, God has led them to this, this audio so that they can, uh, you know, 
get the message that, that helps them begin to evolve? Where do they start? Do you have some kind of um, to-do list? Uh, how do they start separating from what they're not? Like you said, I love how you said everything that the world taught me I was, I hand over to you. Um, what can they do? Someone that's there right now and they need to move towards love. They need to move towards God, which God is love, right? But, but where do they start? Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful question. You know, I would say, number one, God does not think like men. It is written. Yes. So that's where we start. Start with the being open to the idea that everything you were taught, if the fruit of it does not make you feel the vibrational frequency of love, then you, wow. by all means, are to question it. Because wow. you will know a tree by its fruit. Yes? It's the fruit of it. Say that again. It's the fruit of it. You say that again, please. If the fruit of it is not love, whatever your doctrine, whatever you were taught, if the fruit of it doesn't, doesn't inspire you to feel hope, self-love, all of these high vibration energy fields and frequencies, right. then you must question the root. I love that. Absolutely. So, so this is what I, where I would start. Look at the fruit and ask yourself, if this fruit doesn't feel good, and we know that if God is love, then we are to feel good and we are to feel wonderful and we are to feel forgiven even. And, we are, and, and we'll go more into that. How do we do it? You know, for me, okay. it was about learning to let go of the program that the past taught me. So this is what I would say to those people who are, who are seeking that, our, our audience here, our listeners. Yes. There are two worlds happening at once. Okay? The, the movie The Hunger Games, for example, would allude to this, as well as The Matrix. You know how in The Hunger Games, when everyone was doing well and going along, someone from the outside world would drop an adversity, right. an obstacle. Which one of the worlds were real? There were two going on at once. If you look at the movie, The Matrix, for those of you that are Matrix fans, there was the red pill or the blue pill, okay? So what we have to know is that the things that we were taught in the flesh, in the physical realm, that's one perspective on life. But just the wind is unseen, yet we breathe it and it gives us our very life, this is the world that is even more real than the world that we've been taught. So the starting point is to be open to that as a possibility. I love that. I love that. And I, I have a similar philosophy just around learning to get evidence from anywhere other than our five senses, from, from, from our multi-senses, which don't include the five senses. Absolutely. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And once we do that and we go within ourselves, if we are all together, the body as it is written, then your answers are within you. What happens for me in terms of what those steps are? Silent meditation, yoga is fantastic as well. What happens when you are silent? You know, prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God yes. or the universe or love. Yes. So if you can take five minutes a day for starters, just to be still in an open space of, of receiving, what's gonna happen is there's going to be a book or a, a memory or a vision that's going to come to you that is going to literally tell you your next step. It is kind of like how we met Holly. The universe just finds a way, 
right? Yes. Of, of creating for us if we just make ourselves available. Available. Mm -hmm. Yes. To what Let is me ask you this. I've had, some I've had some people ask me in my workshops that I teach, um, similar to what you've just said there, I, I always say God's voice is silent. So is silence. And so that's the only place you can, you can find it. But then they, I've had people ask me, and I'd love to hear your response. So let's say I'm quiet. I'm sitting there nice and still. And I hear a voice of some kind. How do I know that's God and not my ego? Mm, trying beautiful. to distract me out of the moment. How do I know that that's the voice? I what if I have two voices telling me? One says this, mm. one says that. Wh how do I know which one? Beautiful. Scientifically, it's proven that we 90% of what we think is, is a recurring thought. Uh -huh. And that recurring thought is likely negative and it is based on a program. It is based right. on a belief system that you were taught. So what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, is that voice life-giving to me? Mm. Is, that voice, is that voice serving me in terms of moving me forward? Is that voice a voice of light and forgiveness? How does that voice make me feel? Because, do you know, sometimes on that, let's say, for example, someone has, uh, let's say they're estranged from one of their parents, or let's even say they're full of rage and hatred towards a parent because of some, I don't know, abuse throughout their life. And maybe that parent's even passed on now or something. And then in silence, in silence, um, that parent is brought to their mind. And they'll say to me, but Holly, that guy, why would God take me back into the pain? Why would that come into my mind? That just makes me feel like I'm full of hatred all over again. And then obviously, you know, we, we open up discussions around, well, that's who you're being called to forgive because that's what's holding your power, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes, you know, the instruction will lead us to where we need to go, but sometimes it's not all that comfortable. It's painful because that's where our healing is and, and you know, that's where God will meet us so that we can heal, if you like. So what's your take on something like that? Absolutely. Number one, we must feel it to heal it. Yes. It is energy, yes. It is energy that is lodged within our very being. And in order to make space for something new, we have to let that come up and out. And so it's sort of a detox that happens, if you will. Yes. So that's number one. Yes, we have to feel it to heal it. Number two, there's power in your pain. You know, Ayama Van Zanta, a new thought leader, she said, pain means pay attention inward now. Wow. So I want you to know that it's okay that your pain is call it causing you and calling you to pay attention inward now. Yeah. And then I want you to look at it this way. If you are in fact spirit and spirit is much greater than the flesh, mm -hmm. then it is possible. In fact, more than a notion that we came in to have these painful experiences to support us in our calling to transcend them so that we can help others to transcend them. Yes. So if I, absolutely. So if I go back to my story, for example, where, you know, I didn't feel loved by my own mother. It was my father who had a very sexual, sexually inappropriate conversation with me. I forgive them very much because what that did, what that pain did was it empowered me to have this very conversation today. I needed to have those experiences in order to evolve to love and to show others how to evolve to love. 
So there's a process of making peace with our pain. There's a process of making, making our mess our message. And if we really peel back the layers, what we'll find is that what your parents, for example, if we're using this as an example, what our parents did to us, it was likely done to them. So what an opportunity to practice compassion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to break what Absolutely. Yes. And you know, Absolutely. that's sometimes so hard to be able to look at your parent. And for those out there, I love what Louise Hay says that whenever you struggle with pain towards a parent, because really it's like, you know, our parents, it's like they're the ones that are supposed to protect us. So when the person who was supposed to protect us is the one that is, that is the source of the pain that we, that we hold, it is hard it's probably the hardest to go into that forgiveness. But what's something that, that helped me, and I never had a, a bad past, but there was a, a period of my life where, you know, I was uh, had a challenging relationship with my mom and also with my dad. Um, and, I, and what really helped me um, was to be able to see them as a five-year-old child, to see, to see my mum as a little girl that was just so hurt and so broken and so out of her own power that she didn't even know how to love me um, the way that I needed to be loved. I know she loved me, but, but I didn't feel love because she couldn't love me the way I needed it. And, um, you know, every time she tried to love me and it wasn't what I needed, it just confirmed for her that she's wrong and that she doesn't get anything right. And as soon as I saw her as a little girl, and then I went through a similar process with my dad at helped me a lot is do you have anything else other than something like that 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 you can help people when when their parents are the source of their pain absolutely beautiful well number one you know god the universe love is ultimately our mother and father okay Mm -hmm. so we have a, a healer right within us number two yeah, and when I love what you said about going into your parents' childhood and seeing them being broken and seeing that they were just people who grew up who weren't able to deal with the pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is this, you know, I'm reminded of when Jesus was giving a sermon and he was interrupted and they were saying, hey, Jesus, we need you to come down because your mother and your brother and your cousins are looking for you. And he said, who are my mother and my brother and my cousins? My mother and my brother and my cousins are the ones who serve the Lord. Essentially, what he knew is that our greatest adversity would come by way of those closest to us. Mm. We are not to be surprised by them. Wow. Wow. Yes, the lessons we can't escape. Oh my gosh, we could talk for like seven hours, literally without (laughs) stopping. This is, uh, and to all the listeners out there, and I'm, you know, you know, we kind of said it in jest the other day, Sabrina, but it's really been, it's really been on my heart ever since we hung up that phone call. Um, I do, I've looked, you know, I've looked through your website and I feel like I know you more and I've, you know, seen your Facebook posts and, and, um, and I, I really do feel very strongly, um, about having you, you know, as part of, as part of the Unbecome um, Spiritual Expansion Radio Show at least every four, maybe four, five, maximum six weeks, you know, because I feel like you have so much of a message that is so designed for this audience and there's no way we can unpack it in one session. And regardless of that, you know, I think every time someone gives you a message, you know, um, you've got time to grow from it. So next time you come back here and you're hearing that, you know, the, the next part of Sabrina's message 
you've evolved, right? You're a different person. You're at a different level of consciousness. You're open to more things. Maybe you've had some healing or maybe you're in more pain and pain gets your attention. Pain makes you pay attention. Um, and so, you know, it, it really is when I, I'm not, I'm not joking. You know, if you're open to it, I would absolutely love to have you um, as part of this show um, on a bit of a regular basis for, for however long. Absolutely. I am excited and thrilled and honored to be a part of the Unbecome show. I think it's amazing. I believe it's what our world is looking for. We are seeking it now. And here you are creating a space for it. So I thank you for that, Holly. Oh, thank you. Now, listen, as much as I would love to talk another three hours at least, and I'm sure the listeners are like, no, 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 don't finish up just yet. Um, I think it's important. You know, there's going to be people out there who are like, I can't just listen to this lady. I need to find her. Please, can you tell us where can people find you? How can they connect with you? And if there is a message on your heart and sitting heavy in your spirit right now that you feel you need to leave us with, then, um, you know, please allow me to hand over the, the next five minutes to you before we wrap up and, um, and give you space for that. Absolutely. Thank you, Holly. So you can reach me at www.evolvetolove.com. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash E number two L, L number two E. Would love to have you join the circle of love there. And, uh, you know, it's really what I want to leave with you all, all of the listeners, is that as you are looking to walk away from, you know, come to your new understanding of God, because this is what this is really about, a new way to understand God. We know that if we just look at the world today, the old way has not worked. It has not been working, right? Okay. So we are called to a higher vibration. We are called to a new way. And so for those of you who really are feeling some type of way about the religion of origin, I want you to remember this because there's a lot of maybe fear and, and things that you think, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. Otherwise, you know, God won't love me. I really want you to know that that is far from truth. If we look at the accuser, and we'll go, go into to much of this and more as we, have, uh, as we get back together again. The accuser is, you know, who they would term Satan in the Bible. The accuser is always accusing and always being in judgment. So know that you don't have to fear any judgment. In fact, if you're receiving any judgment from anyone, that energy is not the energy of love. And you by all means have the power to simply hit the delete button on it. So I really want you to know that. I want you to feel free to explore. You know, we, the universe is vast and it keeps growing. And just like we are to keep growing, analyze your fruit. And the reason you wanna go into your story, go to those painful places. You know, uh, a caterpillar has to go through that painful place of breaking free from the cocoon in order to be a butterfly. Make peace with that process. You are simply creating space. You are simply growing your wings to fly. Beautiful. And there's so much power. There's so much power in you. You are divine. We are one. We are vibrationally connected. And your thoughts do create. So continue to think thoughts of love and light and freedom. And whatever you think, life is in fact 
a projection of those thoughts. That is your power, as you are, in fact, the image and likeness of God. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you. I, I, I can't even, the words escape me to even articulate, you know, uh, the message that I feel you really have brought to, to this space today. And again, I, I thank you for, um, I thank you for enduring what you went through, um, for finding the blessing in your breaking and in being able to make that available um, as your fruit for people to come and, and nourish themselves from your fruit and to feed from your tree. So thank you, Sabrina, for, for all you do, for who you are and for being available today. And um, to the listeners out there, you know, this kind of life, a conscious life, it, it takes courage. It takes a lot of courage to even question your beliefs, to be open to new beliefs, to confront your pain. All of that takes courage. So please, as you depart from here today, depart from here with courage, the courage to believe in a better way, the courage to voice what you've got to say, the courage to thrive when times are tough. And above all else, the courage to know you are good enough. Much love and thank you again, Sabrina.